Good morning, good morning. This is Barbara Chandler, and you are listening to WPRK. It is Friday morning. It's February the 3rd. And today, once again, we are back. You are listening to Our Seat, Our Table, live from WPRK in Winter Park, Florida at Rollins College. And I am so excited to be joining you today. Like I said, it is February the 3rd, and around here we say it is Fri-yay. So we are here today, and we have a very, very special guest for you. As many of you know that February is Black History Month. Um, Black History Month was founded by Carter G. Woodson, in 1926, Daryl? Yes. Excellent. Well, once again, you know who's joining me. It is my co-host, sidekick, Daryl Gray. He's here with me today. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Daryl. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Always, always. It's a pleasure to have you. It is a pleasure to have you. How have you started off your Black History Month? Black History Month for me is every day. Black History Month. And so how have you continued your Black History Month? I see you're in your Sankofa necklace and uh, your African T-shirt or African um, dashiki. dashiki. Pardon me. I'm calling it a T-shirt. A dashiki. Talk to me. Well, you know, Sankofa, for those who don't know, I'll just in a concise, truncated way of saying, Please. let's reach back to go forward. Uh-huh. Uh, understand how we got here. And once we know that, we'll know how we're going to go forward. Ah, very nice, very nice. So once again, to all of our listeners out there, and I hope you are hearing us clearly, I'm here uh, working the boards as I've been taught very well, so I'm hoping everything is going well. Um, my name is Barbara Chandler. Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge was created um, as a way to highlight uh, our black and brown communities and the work that our community leaders are doing on a very grassroots level. So this is us giving space and giving um, a platform that they can share what they are doing to empower their communities. The Our Seat, Our Table Leadership Lounge is here to edify the voices and dismantle, uh, edify the voices of black and brown communities and dismantle any negative stero stereotypes that, um, that may be that may be out there. The narrative that may be out there that is not our truth. So um, again, it is Black History Month, February, and I, I was reading the other day. I created um, some information that I'll share with you all in a bit. Um, and I was just looking up Carter G. Woodson, who was uh, the founder, we call him the father of Black History Month. In 1926, he saw it necessary in which to create a month that um, acknowledged the contributions of African-Americans because a lot of those things were not recorded. A lot of the, the contributions that were made, they were undocumented. So this was a way in which to ce celebrate and in which to honor and so Father G. Woodson took it upon himself and what started as a week, it actually started as one week. And in one week, they would do the celebrations, the acknowledgments. Um, Frederick Douglass, um, birth month, birthday is also in the month of February. And that's another reason that February was actually chosen uh, to celebrate as Black History Month. And so after time after time, it became a full month. So as we look around in our community, I know if you go online right now and you put in Black History Month Central Florida, you are going to see numerous of events happening. I see downtown uh, Central Florida. Um, I think it's the city of Orlando, the city of Orlando. They kicked off last night, um, I believe, in the atrium. The, the, don't City, Hall. Me. City Hall. City yeah. Hall. Help me out, Daryl. Yeah. In City Hall, one of those downtown halls, they kicked off a really nice art show that highlighted a lot of the work of our local artists community. I know tomorrow in jump in, Daryl. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow in Hannibal Square. Well, Hannibal Square, at the Heritage Center. We kicked off last Friday with the story quilters of Hannibal Square. And those are quilts that are hanging and anyone can come in and see those. Yeah, Darryl, I saw that the other day. Yeah. Uh, it, it's always good to see that kind of 
craft work, that handy craft work that has been handed down from us as a yes. legacy yes. that continues to communicate to us uh, visually and just strikes a spirit and a chord. Of, that's why I say Sankofa. Let's, let's look back to go forward. Nice. And, and it just underscores that when I see that. Exactly. I know Sanford is doing something. I believe mm-hmm. Sanford. So a great way to to uh, find these wonderful events that's happening throughout our communities. A lot of great programming um, is definitely to go online, go on Facebook and just plug in Black History Month in Central and Florida. Before I forget and uh-huh. before you forget. Yes. Our last conversation a couple of days ago, you mm-hmm. were talking about uh, a project of tracing 365. Ah, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Okay, okay, okay. I'm bashful, I'm bashful. So, Barbara's brag moment. So, one of the things that happened um, with me being uh, working at the center and, and, and thinking I know everything, I, I, get, <laughs> I get a lot of phone calls around this time of year or emails as to what is there to do? What is there to do for Black History Month? And a lot of times I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Not only are there things to do for Black History Month, but outside of Black History Month. So Trace is 365, and I will I will um, be, be putting it out there in a few days, probably by the end of today. Trace is 365 is basically like a bingo game. And I did not want to allude to the fact that you can only do this through during Black History Month, so I named it traces 365 so it's like a bingo card and in that card there are different places um landmarks cultural landmarks that are permanent places in our community that you can visit so you will see the wells built museum you're going to see places in sanford you're going to see places in castleberry you're going to see places in pine hills and it's important that we know what's in our community so while there may be about 30 places on that bingo card there's more but we just needed to have something to get us started so right now i did create a facebook page late last night because i figured the conversation may come up so if you go to traces t-r-a-c-e-s 365 you will actually see the bingo card and um all these places the majority of these places except for the restaurants, of course, they are free to go to support um, their great gathering spaces, uh, spaces where you can learn uh, and meet other people from our community. And so I had a lot of fun while I was doing that. So did you find it? Did you pull it out? No, not yet. Okay, uh, okay, but, okay. Uh, I was just pulling up one location that's probably on your, yes. on your card uh-huh. that I've had just a wonderful time visiting that place. It's in Mims, Florida. Yes, that one's not on the card. I kept this particular card local. Okay, but go ahead, touch, give Mims a shout out. Well, uh, I'm a traveler, so local is yes. relative to me. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, in Mims, Florida, which the, is uh, you're going east towards the, the Cocoa, Atlantic coast, yeah, Titusville, etc. Straight shot off of 50, Route 50, and it's the Harry and Harry and Harriet Memorial Park in uh, Mims, Florida. Yeah, it is. Just a wonderful place uh, to understand the history of the civil rights movement and the effort that was put forth for us. Absolutely. So that we can go forward. Again, there's that Sankofa spirit. There's that Sankofa spirit. So, uh, it's a beautiful space. Yeah, beautiful it's, space. It's, you know, so put it on your card. <laughs> it's, it's not on Barbara's card yet, yeah, but put, but it, put on it on your card. Your card exactly. And, and, go, and go see it. Be inspired. That's exactly right. I, I say that um, the father, the founder, Carter G. Woodson of Black History Month, I, I feel that that was his initiative to keep us inspired all year long. So it doesn't stop at the end of February. What is it? February 28th? Yeah, the whole month. Yeah. You know, but. You know, it's a lifestyle. Do- Dr. Woodson. Yeah. Um, his. His classic book mm-hmm. the miseducation of the negro yes which which i uh, deem and recommend as a must read um, was published released in 1933 and here we are in 1923 still applicable 90 years forward mm-hmm. but when you read his words of 90 years ago it sounds prophetic yes because it's applicable in real time today 
Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, there's another book that we're going to talk about later, maybe not today, but okay. uh, later. Okay, at another time, absolutely. That I, that I say, and this is from a local publisher. Yeah, yeah, and that local publisher, their bookstore is on the Traces 365 card. Oh, since we now that, yeah, since yeah, we yeah, said yeah, that, yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, Desmond Reed, Reed, yes. the proprietor and principal of Dare Books, yes. he has a book out that's called The 10% Solution. Yes. And as I'm reading that, I'm more than halfway through and he asked me to give him feedback uh, as I'm reading it if he's listening here's, <laughs> he here, should be <laughs> here, here's, here's the advanced feedback yeah as I'm reading your book uh, Mr. Reed um, I reflect back to uh, Dr. Woodson's book and mm. I see your book as volume two wow that's and, a big compliment I, I think it's like comparable to what Dr. Woodson put out that is a huge compliment. Wow, I can't wait to. And we did speak with Desmond. Um, that's when we were doing the virtual shows. Yeah. But I see this is a perfect time to bring him back in. Yeah. So, so you make the invite. You you call him up and invite him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, you are listening to WPRK. It is Friday. Uh, my name is Barbara Chandler, and here joining me today is Daryl Gray, co-host. And we have some very, very, very special guests, and they have all settled in. We um, we wanted to just come and speak to our community at Rollins, the Black Student Union that is led by Tease Mays. Am I Tisa? Tisa <laughs> and Mr. Robert Weston. And Mr. Robert Whetstone, who's unable to join us today. And then I pick up one of your news guys. I want to believe, maybe I saw it online. Um, um, I saw it online where you had the first African-American president of SGA, Akeem Mitchell. And he's here with us today. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, hello, Akeem. <laughs> and there's Sydney Sejoin. 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 You know what I want to say, right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to welcome these beautiful people. We are so excited for your um, your accomplishment and. We, we want to talk about that. Tisa, in, Tisa, pardon me. I know someone actually named Tisa, pardon me. Tisa Mays, in reading up a bit about you as the uh, Black, Student, you, Black Student Union, BSU, Black Student Union, you are the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coordinator. Is that correct? No. Okay, okay. okay. Help me out. So I currently serve as the Associate Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in Got the it. Office of Admission. Got it. So I recruit students of color here in Central Florida, um, Seminole County, all of Seminole County High Schools, as well as the um, five Title IX or Title I schools in Orange County. So that's nice. West Orange, um, Jones High, High School, School, Evans, Oak Ridge. Um, those are the schools that I recruit at. Um, and I also serve as the um, co-advisor for BSU. Okay. So okay. My first job. Right. The first job. Is admission. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how we'll have three or four jobs and everything just got. How long have you been doing this work? I have been doing this work for at least nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Okay. So you've seen a lot of students come through. You've brought a lot of students in. What does that look like in terms of the student success? Um, it, it has gradually progressed. Okay. Um, Rollins, as we continue to push diversity, mm -hmm. um, and some students can come, and if I'm being transparent, can assimilate and yeah. do well here. And there are some students that struggle. Right. Um, but the goal, as I remind them, and these two right here can tell you that um, I am a true supporter yes. of our students. But I also will tell you when they're going left. Right. Get right. Auntie. Uh, <laughs> That's Auntie. That's Auntie. Yeah. I want them to be successful, and I also mm -hmm. remind them of the world we live in. Yes. It doesn't change once we leave college. Correct. Some of these behaviors, some of these attitudes, and so they are still in the workplace. Yes. We deal with them, microaggressions, and, you know, uh, all different things. They are still in the workplace. So navigating it here is preparing you for what's to come. 
Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, Akeem Mitchell, tell us a bit about you. Um, let me give you your respectful title. Akeem Mitchell is the president of Rollins Student Government. Is that correct, Mr. Mitchell? That is correct. That is correct. Tell us, tell us where you're from. I think <laughs> I overheard you say that you were from Tangelo Park. I am indeed from Tangelo Park, Florida. <laughs> you, got, you got a relative over here, Akeem. Uh -oh. uh, you got a relative. I lived, we lived, my family and I, we lived on Shoshone for about three or four years. Shoshone, um, oh. I went to Tangelo Park Elementary. Come on. I ran, come on now. There's something special <laughs> about Tangelo. Exactly. Come on, don't play with them. Don't play with them. <laughs> it's a small um, African-American enclave community that is... Um, tucked away behind uh, the International Drive area, Sand Lake, Turkey Lake area, and there we sit so proudly. Akeem, tell me about who you are and how you got into this role of the president of Rollins. Again, you know me, the student, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, once again, my name is Akeem Mitchell. I serve as the president of the Student Government Association. I am a senior majoring in political science and philosophy with minors in African-American studies and ethics. And so how I got to this role, I just, I don't know, I've been in the Student Government Association since my freshman year. Okay. And being a freshman class senator, I saw that I was one of, I think, maybe three or four other black people in that space. And the, two of the other black people, they were already seniors, so they're going to leave. So it was just me and my friend, well, my friend and I. And... I remember having a conversation with her and I was just like, this 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 has to change. Like there there can't just be one of us or two of us. And especially the different ways that in which um situations were handled when it came to my friend and I versus other senators who weren't black, it was it was it was it was weird in a sense. I'll just mm -hmm. use the word weird for okay. right now. Um seeing that I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I'm not gonna I don't want myself to have to go through this anymore and I don't want the next people after me to have to go through this as well so then sophomore year came and then that was COVID year but during during um sophomore year the president who was the person who was president last year um reached out to me to see if I wanted to be the vice president run with him for vice president um it took me a second to really right really grasp what was going on mm -hmm. or really just come to terms with it so after a little minute, I was like, okay, yes, I had to do a whole interview with him. And that's that's another story. Oh, another God. another story for another day. <laughs> but um and so then last year while being vice president, um it came there came a point in time where I where I was just like, you know what? Like, it's time. Like yeah. it's time for me. Cause even during like last year, there were certain times where I wouldn't I wasn't as confident or didn't believe I would be able to step into the role as president. But that's just because of like different things as far as like who I was around or um, the people that was on my team, but we can get into that another day once again. Okay. Um, but once again, talking to like my mentors and the people in my corner, such as Latisa <laughs> <laughs> Bays right Auntie. here. <laughs> Auntie. <laughs> it, came, it came down to being like, it's my time. Like yes. I, I work for this. That's and right. It's time to go get what I came after for. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You stepped into your role. You stepped into the role. <laughs> stepped into that greatness. You stepped into that greatness. And your vice president? Yes. Vice president? Hi, Sydney. good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning. I promise. I'm alive and awake. Yes, you are. With, with such a mellifluous voice. <laughs> I tell you. No, I, you'll hear me before you see me. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. That's a suggestion. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Just like truth. Come on now. Come on now. I love Thank it. You. I love you guys. Yeah. Sydney, tell us a bit about you. Where are you from okay. and how'd you get here? Mm -hmm. um, so, my name is Cindy. Uh, I'm not originally from the United States, so I was born in Haiti and raised there for a little bit before my parents and not please, please, let's stay here. And so my family and I immigrated from Haiti to the United States. We first um, lived in Texas Ave, so still from the Orlando area, and then we moved up to Kissimmee um, towards the latter half of my sixth grade year, and then I go to school in Winter Park now. In terms of SGA involvement, that was never my field and corner. Cindy goes after things that she's super, super passionate about, but it's not to say that I'm not passionate or dedicated to SGA, but I'll tell you how I got into this space. Yes. <laughs> so 
My first and foremost thought when I came to Rollins was like, get in and get out. There's not too many people who look like me and who'll see me for what I will be and yes. who I am now. So why stay active and involved? But then I got bored. In high school, I was still an avid student leader and I did different organizations and such. But I was like, oh, I need a break. I need a break. I can't do the same thing in college. But again, I just get so consumed with yes. different things. So I have to do it. Um, I want to think the first org that I was a part of, well, two, um, I was a wellness ambassador. And so we're a, a collective group of students who plan different wellness initiatives and like help with health education to the general campus population. And then I was on the Academic Honor Council and I'm now vice chair for Academic Honor Council. Wow. So I started with those two and then gradually I just got more into my research because that's what I want to do in the future. Um, and then on a cold day in December, Akeem called me and he's like, <laughs> well, I had to be a cold day. <laughs> I mean, I was cold. I was coming home from work. You got to so, give that dramatic. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and he called me and he was like, hey, I'm thinking about running for SGA president. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I'll definitely apply to be on your executive board. Right. Um, and then he's like, no, no, I want you to run with, with me. me. And so I was like, mm, I need some time cold. to, <laughs> thank you. I was just so caught off guard because I've never done SGA before. I think my perceptions of SGA were from, were from high school and like middle school. So vastly different from like college SGA and things. I was just confused as to why he wanted to run with me when we just met. Like, yeah. I want to say we probably knew each other then for like less than three months. Wow. Um, and so, those were just like regular day. Right, like, right. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Have a good way. That's or, not all what you that doing went today? Down key. Yeah, but on the <laughs> that's what it was on right. the surface. On the right. surface. Yeah, yeah. So we say so. After I gave myself like a week to think about it, I talked to the people in my corner, and I'm like, okay, pros and cons. Because at the time, I was involved in other things. Um, ultimately, I decided, of course, I'm going to be VP because I care about students, and I want to make sure that. You know, I told you, you can hear me before you see me. Not everyone's going to be like that. That's so right. I'm going to make sure that they hear the students that they won't see. That's right. That they can't see. So I was like, you're, yeah, you're we're done. voice. Always. You're it will always voice. be one. So Akeem and I decided to run together. We had a tedious, <laughs> long campaign season. To me, it felt like years. I don't know everyone to go back to that. Time. No, wow. please, wow. please. So after the campaign season and we won... Mm -hmm. Things just started from there. Was it a close race? No. no we no. won by a landslide. <laughs> Absolutely okay. not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's that's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So would we say that um, Rollins, as we know it, was prepared to make that leap into um, having African-Americans in those leadership roles? I think the students were ready since okay. they were the ones who voted for us. And I think it took time for administration to realize what was about to come. I think when they look at like past SGA administrations, they get like hellos and these are some of the things that they're talking about. How can we help? But Akeem and I, I think we find it important to be not necessarily forceful, but assertive with our approach. We represent the students and we'll always do that. Correct. So when we do come to administration, we have to come with the student's interest. Correct. Um, and make sure we go about things in a strategic manner, still understanding where admin is coming from things. But at the same time, the people who put us in office to advocate for them, we have to do our jobs. Well, Sydney, you, you've lived up to your own description sure. of hearing you before we see you <laughs> and you've just ripped up my initial questions <laughs> okay um, i'll just share you the question yeah, yeah, that I, I i was like uh do i really want to ask this question <laughs> that's good so i ba bounced it off barbara and she said sure i hear this um yeah. as gsa president and vice president mm -hmm. are you here just to fit in mm -mm. or said, take mm -mm. and make the space fill in the blank of what take and make the space and mm -hmm. like i said from what you've already said both of you <laughs> you've already answered that question so i just ripped that up um but here's right. the follow-up question to all three collectively uh both as vp president and coordinator for the students interests um what are you doing for to to prime and groom your successors going forward Ooh. that is a great question so this is something that i think about all the time just because of the fact that i know that cindy and i and Ms. Tisa, we all won't be here 
right. forever. That's why we I all have it. to move on. So that's why I make it important or it's imperative to like have those conversations and kind of not to say mentor, but tap into those students who don't see their own greatness or don't believe they can't do certain things because we all have different greatness. We all have greatness within us, but we just have to learn to tap into it. We, it's not something we have to gain. It's not something that we have to go find. It's something that's already born with us when we're born. But tapping into those students and really like showing them that you are able and you are capable to do this. And over the, over the past four years that I've been here, I've seen a growth in that. And different students have come up to Sydney and I saying that we've inspired them to want to do better or want to um, take up these leadership positions or just really want to fight and make a change or just do something that they're passionate about. So I think that, I don't know, we while we were running in our campaign, that was part of the reason why we were doing what we were doing, mm-hmm. to show them that you are able to step into this role and you are able to take up space because you are worthy enough to take up that space. Mm-hmm. I am type A to a T, and I force Akeem to be so as well. Ooh, so, damn. no, you haven't met three planners. Like, I can't start my day without checking the calendar. So I say this, that like during our Senate season, well, so from fall semester and spring semester, we make it a point to prepare them. So making handouts about like Robert's rules and how like governance is, how are you supposed to conduct yourself in certain meetings, email templates. If you want us to go into the original meeting with you, we will do that. Um, Always putting them on. So like there are different committees and councils at Rollins where they'll call Akeem and I, but instead of us being there all the time and over-exhausting ourselves, we'll make our senators go ahead and attend those meetings on behalf of SGA and being a representative for them. So I think in them having that type of preparation to know that it's not as daunting of a task that it seems originally, they'll feel more equipped once the new election season, which is, I want to say in a couple of weeks, that's about to start, so they can feel prepared and ready to take up the task. Wow. When we hear this title, and and it's so funny, in 20, well, maybe, I don't know anymore, so funny, not so funny. Um, In 2023, when we are the first to hold these different seats, we're the first, um, in a few weeks, we're going to bring on the first African-American commissioner out of Oviedo. Mm -hmm. So all these firsts in 2023, what's that feel like? Is, is Is that a lot of pressure? Tell me about that. Um, honestly, it, it is a lot of pressure. So as I said last year, um, I was the vice president of the Student Government Association, but I was also the first black vice president of the Student Government Association. So two first, and the pressure is always there just because a um, the stigma and stereotypes that come with just being black in general, especially out of PWI, the oldest PWI in Florida. Yeah. Um, but... I've learned not to focus so much on the pressure, okay. but focus on my goals and my um, the things that I'm pushing and passionate for. Because when you focus on the pressure, that's all you'll think about. And it'll become so much that the pressure becomes overwhelming and it'll consume you to the point where you're like, you're, you're second guessing everything. You're not truly, um, what's the word? You're not truly confident in yourself and what you can do. And so I, once again, I don't, I don't really like to think about the pressure that much just because of the fact that I know in every space and every room I walk into, something's going to happen. Right. And it's not because it's President Mitchell, it's because Akeem Reese Mitchell walked into it. That's right. Thank you. That's right. Also, mm-hmm. if I can butt in, for Akeem, I know for sure, he didn't just fall into mm-hmm. um, being VP of SGA or the president now. There were steps. He was also VP of BSU. Okay. And BSU is super active on campus. We're one of the most active student orgs on campus. If right, if not. So there's a lot to learn. You're just not in BSU on the exec team and just chilling. We're, they're working. He's We're working. allowing them to be leaders. Mm-hmm. We're also correcting, um, preparing them for what's to come because we want them to be successful. And so he has he learned a lot from the BSU <laughs> experience. That's, and that that sounds like our our true culture yes where we prepare us yeah. us prepares us yes mm-hmm. and and you know it's been said that you know you're not new to this you're true to true this to ah. thank you <laughs> my drop <laughs> so true you so were made true. for this yes yes, mm, yes. okay so i i see it truly truly <laughs> uh, i see you uh, sawabona 
<laughs> a Zulu term of I see you. Ah, very not, nice. Not just, not just physically, but I see the essence and spirit of you. Sawobona. Nice, nice, nice. So once again, you are listening to WPRK. This is Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge. Uh, my co-host here, Daryl and I, we are chatting it up with the SGA president, Rollins SGA president and vice president, as well as the Black Student Union um, lead director, one of them. And we just posed the question about when as we see we're seeing so many first African Americans, first geners. Um, would you all consider yourself first geners as well? My parents went to school in Haiti and then okay. they went to like technical school and learned English here okay. in the States. So am I the first person in my family to attend college? No, but the first person to attend a four-year institution in the USA, yes. Got it, got it, got it. Thank you. Congratulations. Come see me in May. Yes. <laughs> I am as well, but my mom has a degree in, in accounting. So okay. Very nice, very nice. Okay, so one of the other questions. So here we are now. You're in these roles. What were some of the, I, I want to say, programs or initiatives that you you brought on to campus or you mm -hmm. introduced? Yeah, what did you campaign on? What was your platform? So our campaign, we campaigned on three items. The first was community rebuilding, mm -hmm. and I'll go into a little bit of that. So basically, after COVID, especially last year, there was like a disconnect around the Rollins community. People didn't want to come together. People didn't um, feel comfortable just being around each other anymore. And it's so different from our freshman year before COVID because I mean, if you walked around Rollins at any time, you always knew Mills was going to be filled up. There was going to be some type of event, some type of free giveaway. You was going to get a T-shirt. Right. Something, something <laughs> was going to happen. But after COVID, once again, it was just a disconnect around campus. And we just really wanted to bring that community feel back again. And not only because we wanted people to connect with each other, but also have a sense of belonging and understanding that they belong on this campus. And this campus is their home away from home. So throughout this year, we've actually hosted quite a number of different events around mm -hmm. campus and really have gotten people to like want to be out more and really getting SGA's name out there to show them that we are here to support you and we're here to um, advocate for you. And that's gotten people more comfortable as well. Mm -hmm. So the second initiative that we took on was diversity, equity, and inclusion, and belonging. And so while there is a center for campus inclusion and belonging, Akeem and I felt that it was imperative to target the populations that are often overlooked. So we're talking about students who are not going to be forthcoming with their mental health issues, um, athletes, new and incoming students, um, and current existing students who attend Rollins. So how are we pushing DEIB programming? How can we get them more involved? And when there are, um, so like right now the college has a DEI strategic planning um, and they have a set of recommendations that they're going to implement for the upcoming school year. Mm -hmm. So Akeem sits on the steering committee and I got to attend the meetings. And so what we're gathering from those type of meetings, how can we plan town halls to disseminate the information that's right. being shared with right. us and so that students understand it. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, putting it in language yes. that are for the students. Yes. I cannot stand reading an act, like a document that's full of verbiage Oof. that I don't think a freshman from high that's school right. is going to understand. Right. So making sure that those type of things are translated yes. and uh, made easier to understand. Yes. And that is a big part of when we're speaking diversity, equity, inclusion, language, the mm -hmm. use of language. Um, who are we speaking to is mm -hmm. always my thing. Is it written where the person or the uh, audience that you're addressing is this the language that they use mm -hmm. because if it's not the language that they are using then I have to question are we really um, working to diversify yes. build equity mm -hmm. uh, be inclusive uh, I think and I want to dive into diversity equity inclusion um, because nowadays uh, a lot of the uh, boards and um, mm -hmm. committees that I have been in corporations that I've been invited to to sit on. Um, they forget one of the the terminologies in diversity, equity, inclusion. It's justice, diversity, equity, mm -hmm. inclusion and justice. Justice is the outcome that we're looking for mm -hmm. when we 
you know, bring these boards together. And then my other question then is, who gets to lead? Who 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 are the committees for? Who gets to lead these? Is always my thing when we're talking diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Help me out, Tisa. Help me out, Daryl, because <laughs> it's been so watered down and convoluted. And so help me. And I took a I took a class. I became certified. And then I go into these committees, and I'm like, wait a second. The objective is is being um, the objective is being watered down. Nobody wants to actually have to do the work, have these difficult conversations. So I've started to I started to back away. So yeah, so help me out. You and I, you know, you and I, Barb, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we, we got some skepticism. Uh, because from experience and observation, um, and certainly since it became the, the, the thing over the last two to three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the seeds are out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some sprinklings of water on it. But where, to your point of outcome and justice, where are the roots and where are the fruits? It's very watered down. Um, okay. If we have to be honest and transparent, um, some of the people that are doing the work are not ten toes in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not you know grounded in it. I, I consider myself one of those people that are doing this work, and I am boots on the ground. Yes. Uh, I'm not on this high level um, place where I'm doing this work, but I'm actually out here um, making sure students and our parents and first gens and you know are here. And feeling like they belong, feeling like um, there's justice and support and advocacy on their mm-hmm. behalf. Yes. Um, and is there pushback? Even here, yes, ma'am. Yes. There's pushback. Um, and so I questioned even this week, like, are are, are we really about DEI? Yes. In, or DEIB? Yes. Uh, <laughs> B for the belonging? DEIB. And where's the J? And where's the J? The J is always left out. Yeah. And so I've been questioning my own work at times. Mm-hmm. Like, is it worth it? Yes. Like, let me go find me something where I can just mm-hmm. do my nine to five and go mm-hmm. home because yes. it's it's heavy. There's times when it's really, really heavy. heavy to carry this work. And sometimes allies who you think are allies mm-hmm. or they think mm-hmm. they're allies mm-hmm. are sometimes really not allies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's a hard it's a hard, it's hard. And I look to other people that look like me on this campus for support yes. um, in places of leadership. And we rally together to make sure we are supported and get the things that I can't do, but someone else that's on the next level can um, be that voice that I need and or that we all need. So it's hard. It's hard work. It is hard work. It's hard work. I, I so agree with you. So through the organization that I work for, we do a lot of programming that is, um, how should I say this, that it, that comes because there is a void. There's the programming that is set for us to do, the mission, the objective, and then I step into that other role where I'm doing other programming because there are so many voids because when you do not have representation at the top, there's gonna be a lot of voids when it comes to possibly activities or events and you're looking in other communities. You may look in downtown Orlando, they have a multicultural um, committee or organization that are doing those um, that are doing those activities or events and those activities and events they're not just to um, uh, uh, for African Americans but they're also there to educate our non-African American community so then I look into um, I, I received an email the other day and it was Send me a list of all the quote unquote black history events or upload them. We would like to promote them. And so if you know me, I sat back because my goal is not to be reactionary. My goal is always let me respond properly I, I, because I believe in my responding. I, I may can help someone mm-hmm. even if it agitates them or irritates them. Mm-hmm. But my, my goal is to get 
some kind of re- response. So therefore, someone uh, shortly thereafter, pardon me, someone send me some information from Forbes and it was um, titled the seven deadliest sins that corporate corporations do in trying to uh, do black history programming. And guess what the third one was? Trying to give it over to the black person mm. to do. And that in that moment, when I read that, I said, oh, my goodness, this is exact because they they were late. Nothing was nothing has been planned from within the, the city. They were late. They have nothing planned. What do they do? They default to the quote unquote black organization. And that's why I said opening, you know, that black history is 365. It's 365. And 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 so. uh are you, when we talk about the inclusion, mm-hmm. uh, let's put some roots into that and say not only we're included, but we have the presence to make policy and to make difference and change on a, on a daily basis. Uh, is that correct? Do we do we have the presence and the are we at the table where the policies are being made that we can say, uh, 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 wait a minute. Again, going back to that uh, language is the language written for everyone. So when we talk about policies and procedures, I think that's when we talk about governments, uh, mm-hmm. governance, um, are we at the table where these decisions are are being made? Okay, honest answer? No. Oh, okay. Um, do, do you <laughs> oh, no, I agree with agree? you. Okay. Never. So, um, and unfortunately, uh, again, in the look back of Sankofa to go forward, uh, too many of us, you talked about it, you know, they may look like us, but not so much. I've heard that said. Um, so th- th- they didn't do us any favor. So here we are. I mean, I, 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 I've been, you know, certainly reflective going into the new year. Mm-hmm. I always have a, a, a period of reflection. Okay, we're, we're, you know, when we look historically and understand what the concept was of what was watch night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. another discussion. Yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I have my own reflective watch night. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we've gone through and this is what we are anticipating. All right, so uh, some have accepted into roles, which prompted my original question to the panel. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are you just satisfied just to be here, or do you want to take and make space? Because too many of our predecessors have just been satisfied, mm-hmm. settled for, I'm here to fit in, not to uh, rock or roll, you know, disrupt. Uh, and that's why I asked, you know, so what, what's your preparation in your program? to groom and prime successors. Uh, so uh, the checkoff box of compliance over the last two plus years since DEI became the thing, mm-hmm. uh, are, are, are we really gonna take and make a space and a difference? I think also, oh, sorry. I was gonna say going back onto the point because once again, like making that space and um, helping to lead and encourage the upcoming generation and our successors, we also have to realize that, like, because of that compliance, too, that is also still within them as well. So it can sometimes be hard to get them to want to do the things or want to be more than just somebody that just has their head down. I want to get through this. I want to get done because they already have that mindset of, like, I'm already defeated. Yeah. Or I'm going to this space already not being able to have control over my control over my path. So I might as well just get through and get done because of like the years and history that comes with being black on this campus or not just being black on this campus, being black overall. So I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted to put that note that sometimes it's hard to get people to step into that greatness or yeah, step into that greatness because they already have the mindset of, I mean, I, I can't do it. I won't be able to do it. And minus well, if I can't do it or make that difference, just go through the water. Right. And Daryl, I think you always say, you use this terminology. I just think about sometimes how heavy the load is to yeah, lift. Yeah. What's that, what's that uh, phrase you, know, you come th- up with? There's, you know, let me just give you a little framework before we get to the bottom line of that. Uh, when I first met you, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, I think I was just kind of settling into the, 
Florida, much less Central Florida atmosphere vibe, because uh, I'm not a Floridian. I'm not a native Floridian. Uh, I've been here now going into my 17th year. Um, we've talked about earlier my background, most of my adult life military, so I've been traveling. I was born traveling, newborn from Germany, all that. So, uh, so I get into this new environment, this new community, and I'm seeing which way is up and who's who and what's what. And I assessed it and said, hey, I see fragmented redundancy. And people are like, what does that mean? Okay, repeated brokenness, isolated silos, individuals. And then those individuals, they don't know the other individual over here that's doing the same thing. Which brings us to your question. So I say, okay, so now they're doing this heavy lifting with their pinky Pinky. finger (laughs) instead of enlisting and invoking the other four digits to to be a powerful, impactful, smashable. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So. um, And hence burnout. Yeah. yeah. Fatigue. And and, and then it's like a badge of honor. Oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah. But, But they say it with pride. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the and I think that that's trauma. That's what trauma. That's how trauma plays out a lot of times. It's a pathology. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes we think as DEI leaders that we're strong. We are strong, but it 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 gets heavy. Heavy. I received a a mean email about a month ago. And when I say I thought about it. In the last couple of weeks, I'm still traumatized yes. from an email yes. from someone I don't know yes. um, that questioned the work that I do. Yes. Um, and so we know that DEI is under attack yes. right now, particularly from mm-hmm. our governor, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. under attack, even in the education system. So it, it makes me wonder, like, where are we going and how can I continue to do this work with passion and how can you um, um, emotionally psychologically psychologically continue to do the work because there's that part of it too that a lot of times in doing the work we don't get to express so once again you are listening to our seat our table we are speaking to our community leaders Rollins M student government president president and vice president, as well as Akeem and Sydney, as well as the Black Student Union, one of our uh, leaders from Black Student Leaders, Tisa May. So we're so uh, so happy to have them joining us here as we acknowledge February as being Black History Month, African American History Month. As you know, our seat, our table, the Leadership Lounge, this is what we do. We don't just do it for Black History Month. We realize that there are a lot of grass roots programs, a lot of uh, black and brown communities who are doing the work to lead their communities from the inside out, not from the outside in. And a lot of times we don't know, as we just discussed, who's doing the work. So our seat, our table, we are that platform to say, hey, these are the people who are doing the work. We want to be able to share this platform that we have here. So we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. Once again, there are a lot of activity activities happen around, happening around town for Black History Month. This is not an occasion. This is a lifestyle. You can visit Traces 365. I created this fun little bingo card of different places that are permanent landmarks, permanent presence within our community, bookstores, restaurants, museums, art galleries, led and owned by African-Americans. And they're there with intention and with purpose. So if you go to the Facebook, um, you will see Facebook um, traces 365. And I did upload the bingo card. It was a fun little activity for me to do. And you'll see more of them rolling out. Um, how can we support you while we are in the um, where where you where your partners? We are your partners in this. Um, we're your neighbors. How can we su- support you from where we sit? How can we um, better share resources? Better share um, strategic our strategic um, endeavors? How can we help you with these initiatives? How, how, do we, how do we continue to build this relationship from, from where we all sit? Not everybody's speaking. No. 
Yeah. Knowing that you're open. Yes. Hey, she, she read my mind. Yeah. Like, to hear that, yeah. number one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then now, I'm going to call on you, and we need yes. to call on you. Yes. And yes. hopefully yes. you have my contact. Yes. I have your contact. <laughs> and so when we do need you and need your support, particularly yeah. when it comes to events that are happening here on campus, when it comes to BSU, yeah. SGA, just anything that's happening here on campus, knowing that you all have put the word out yes. on air. Yes. That you, you are here to support us and yes. this work. Yes. Um, that's the first step. Yes. And I won't yes. forget that. Yes. And we've worked together before yes. in the past. Yes, right? we have. We have. So yes, you, uh, you all sold the T-shirts. Absolutely. And they, BSU made a large contribution yep. to the Heritage Center. Mm-hmm. And we are working um, that contribution. We're working to create a call to artists because we would like to have a permanent some kind of permanent sculpture or permanent artwork in lieu of why that money was raised that was during Black Lives Matter. Yes. So we want um, we wanted something. It is um, we opened up a separate account and we've actually been able to add to it. Also, some of the money was used for that first Father's Day breakfast at Juneteenth, <laughs> which is now a tradition. Um, we're going to do it again this year. We'll do it again this year. Daryl, you have been in attendance yeah. to all both of them. And that came out of the time that we were in. Um, while June is Black History Month, it's Father's Day, mm-hmm. but it was also the the death of George Floyd. Yep. And so yep. we wanted to find a way in which to um, just honor men, honor the black men in our community. Mm-hmm. And what better way than to feed them breakfast? Okay. <laughs> Fish and grits. Fish and grits. <laughs> And we did it last year as well, and um, it's been very successful. It's a complete free community breakfast, and we will do it again. And Akeem in Sydney, if you all are around for for, uh, Juneteenth, I would love to have you there in some capacity, whether we interview you all in front of our audience there, just let them know who you are. Tisa, we would love to. I know June is that funny time. We pack up and we we book. Mm. We booked for the mm. highlights. <laughs> but, yeah, at least I but even, but even mm. two weeks from now, uh, the sixteen nineteen festival in uh, Hannibal please. Square. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, there's going to be a five k run walk. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. And we're going to bring Lawanda on. She'll be coming on in a few weeks to talk about that yeah. program. So, um, yes. But, but back to you know our pledge. Uh, just like the earlier question of what are you doing as far as the succession plan. This is a strategic partnership succession plan. Yes. And uh, she, she read my mind. I was, <laughs> I was burning to ask it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's for real, for real. We're here 100 with you. Mm-hmm. And so, so don't hesitate to reach out and, and we'll be there. Thank you. Thank we you so it. much for joining us. And we will return next Friday. We have a... Uh, next Thursday, next Friday is the 10th. We're bringing on the black lunch table, Mariah, Ooh. Mariah Ronan and, and, and her, um, uh, co-conspirator. Uh, <laughs> but we're bringing on the, the black lunch table. Mm-hmm. Once again, we want to thank you all for listening to our seat, our table. My name is Barbara Chandler. You've heard also from Daryl Gray, my co-host, and you've also heard from Akeem Mitchell and Sydney Serge. Stay joined. Thank you so, so much for having us. And please, big shout out to y'all. Amazing. I will never forget when my class visited Hannibal Square and it was just riveting. Honestly, we enjoyed it. And so I do appreciate the partnership and how integrated it's become in the Rollins community. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will see you all soon. Thank you. All right. Yes. Bye bye.